sooner or later, all of us become, well, a dirty gun owner. It happens. You know, we take our guns out to the range and we shoot them and we have a dirty gun. Well, in this interview, I'm talking to Rod Gates from Aegis Gun Care. And he has the fix for being a dirty gun owner. His lubricant is some of the best that's out on the market. And the cleaner is just absolutely amazing. I love this stuff because, well, you don't have to open a window to clean your gun. I mean, it doesn't stink up the house. You don't get complaints from your family that you're cleaning a gun indoors. With this being Christmas week, I'm going to run this without any commercials. And with that, Rod, tell me about your love of guns. Rod, thanks for taking time out to, to be on the podcast today. Would you mind telling the audience who Rod Gates is? Well, Rod Gates is me. <laughs> President of Aegis Gun Care. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot to tell. I'm just a guy who has wandered through life doing a few things and ended up here. But not, not really. I um, guess real quick, a quick history of me is I worked a lot of years in construction, road construction. And then when I was out of high school, then decided that I was going to go after what I always wanted to be since I was a little kid. And that's to be a police officer. So I did that in Wyoming, became a police officer, enjoyed that job immensely. Oh, did it for maybe 14 years or so like that um, in Idaho and in Wyoming. And, you know, came that day where oil and gas industry had a lot of friends doing that, came calling and offered me a, a stupid amount of money to move over. So I did it. I tell people I prostituted myself for the money. You so, mean law enforcement doesn't pay like oil and gas does? Yeah, I find that surprising. Go, go figure that. <laughs> At the time, I was a cop and my wife was a teacher. So go figure oh, it out. Two, two extremely high-paying jobs. Yeah, that get no recognition at all. And get no recognition, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I did that. did the oil and gas for about nine or 10 years. And then the bottom started falling out of it several years back, 2014, 2015. I'd worked myself up quite high in a couple of companies making really good money. And then I ended up getting laid off that high, high salary could go first. So I was gone. I knew it was going to happen. So I ended up um, starting my own business, invested in a franchise opportunity. It was gun related, cleaning guns. Did that as a franchisee for a few years. Then the um, whole company, the parent company came up for sale and me and another franchisee got together and we bought the whole company. So we owned that company, did that for a few years and led, that was ended up in Texas, decided it was time to leave Texas and get back to Idaho. So I left Texas, moved back to Idaho this year and then made the decision it was time to leave that company like in May of this year. So I left that company, sold out to my partners and left ended up here in idaho got up here kind of left that company with no plan just like okay i'm done bye it's time you know so um after talking to my wife and a lot of friends you know a lot of friends were they're in the industry and other business owners like man you you do good at that you, you need to get back in the industry so i did so in july we we then formed and 
after a month or so of you know how it goes, getting stuff, getting all the paperwork yep. done, and talking to people, doing oh, all I that. Because I because I just did that. Um, yeah. Because uh, you know I just lost my job the week before Thanksgiving. And, um, yeah, I, I knew it was coming. Um, yeah. Like you said, it's that high salary. They're the ones, they're the ones they cut first. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, okay, what do you do? And then it's all, it, it's amazing how much time it takes to do anything at that point. Oh, yeah. And then you, you end up, you know, when I did that, I figured, you know, I only have done two things in my life very well. And one was be a cop. I think I was pretty good doing my job. I did a very good job at that. You know, enjoyed it for the most part, but wasn't going to go back and do that. Not in the climate and the way things are now. And I just figured yeah. it's not a fit for me anymore. Um, and the other thing was being in the gun industry and cleaning guns and doing this thing. I, something I got good at and I enjoyed it. So that was an easy choice. So at that point, we started Aegis Gun Care here in Idaho. Now, Idaho. Yeah. now it is pronounced Aegis, not Aegis, correct? Well, both are technically correct, but people that are around a lot will tell you that the the true pronunciation of it is Aegis. Okay. And that's kind of what we went through, but both are actually accepted. I think in the, the Navy, they have, I think they call it, they have an uh, Aegis, Aegis missile system. Yeah. yeah. That's on their cruiser yep. system. Yeah. And they call it Aegis. So we don't, it's whatever. I even actually catch myself saying it Aegis once in a while because so many people you just call it Aegis. But technically, yeah. we, we call it, we go with uh, Aegis, Aegis pronunciation, but it's both. Both are very acceptable or accepted pronunciations now, of the name. Now, why now why Aegis? Why, why name the company after, after well, you can get into that. I, I, I know the yeah. story of what an Aegis is. Well, yeah, and it's because of Greek mythology. Um, we have products, especially our lube and everything that shield and protect your firearm. They do a very good job. That's what they do. And if you know anything about Greek mythology, which you obviously do, Aegis, Aegis was uh, a shield. It was a protective cloth that um, made out of goat skin that um, Zeus and Athena wore and it protected them. There was a breastplate, a shield. And so Aegis means shield, protect or such thing. So it just seemed like that, that fit. It was just a good name. And I wanted to do something off of something like that, kind of Greek mythology thing. And so that one just fit. It was like, okay, that's it. It's Which, of, of course, led you to one really kick-ass logo, too. Oh, I mean, the logo is incredible. I, I know. It is it. an amazing logo. I mean, I remember the first time I saw that. I'm just like, oh, that was just like, it, it was like the perfect logo matching with a product that I had ever seen. Plus, even if there was no product behind it, the logo was just like well, spot on. The logo is cool because a buddy of mine that I told you about, he does a seasoning company, grill your ass off. He, I was trying to do all these, and to be honest with you, I kept, I was doing these own logos myself because I had an idea what I wanted. And I'll be honest, maybe someday I'll show you some of the things I came up with. They were horrid. They were bad. And my buddy would, some of my buddies looked at him and said, that sucks. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so my other buddy with um, Grill Your Ass Off, Jason, his name is Jason as well. He, he goes, here's my graphic artist that does all of his labels and his designs. He goes, Give, send him an email. Here's his email. And Tom. So I sent the guy an email. And all I basically told him was, I want a Spartan-type warrior 
with a shield and holding an AR-15. Yeah. And you're like, cool. He questioned me. He found out that, you know, I was former law enforcement and everything. So he drew this, this logo and changed it. Like Spartans are mostly used to be red. He changed the blue for the law enforcement, changed yeah. it to blue and sent me this sketch. And when the sketch wasn't colored, the first one he sent to me and I'm like, dude, that is awesome. I said, yeah, let's go. So then he colored it and this is what we ended up with. And it was, I mean, he killed it. He did. He totally did too. I mean, it's, it, it is, it is just a logo that is going to, it's just, it, it, it's so funny because when I, I think of your company, I can close my eyes and see your logo. Yeah. I mean, it, that's how good the logo is. I mean, that's when you know you have a great logo. And I wanted something like he does. This guy does a lot of work for a few major brands and stuff. And I said, I need something to stand out. And he goes, oh, definitely. Your logo's got to stand up and catch people's attention. Yep. And so this is what we come up with. And I couldn't be happier with it. I was just, and being that he drew it, you know, I own it now. It's mine. Yeah. You know, so no, it's pretty cool. We're, we're pretty proud of it. And we do one other version of it on our clothing where all the blue is a pink magenta for women. You know, it's funny because I was on your store yesterday, just kind of um, looking around and I saw that and I thought that was just, that was kind of cool. Cause I mean, we're not going to get into traditional binary, non-binary, all yeah. that crap that's going on. But I mean, let's face it. We still, you know, a lot of us still think <coughs> blue, um, blue is boy, pink is girl. Um, I mean, there's no blue muddy girl camo. <laughs> I mean, it's pink for a reason, right? So I saw the logo changing from blue to pink and, and it was on all the women's clothes. I'm like, that is like perfect. And it was just such a subtle change to the logo that it just changed the colors. And... Yeah. It, the logo is still the same. It just, uh, uh, that subtle change from blue to pink just made it stand out for, for women. You want to know the funny part about that though? What's, what's that? The, the pink ones don't sell where they damn. Really? <laughs> the women, most women even buy the blue. That's funny. Oh, I think it's hilarious. We hardly sell any of the pink stuff. <laughs> Like, that's okay, funny. Whatever. I would have, I would have, I would have swore that you'd sell. I wouldn't think that you would sell more pink than blue, um, but I would, I would think that you'd sell still a pretty good amount of pink. But well, I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's funny. Women in the gun culture. I don't think a lot of them like pink. I don't know. I just don't know. But we just, it's not. Well, the people I, that know, like it, the women that like it, love it. I mean, yeah. they absolutely love it. But oh well. It, it's still there regardless of what you want. Yeah. And we got to do neat things. Like I did one logo for Christmas time. I put a Santa hat on him. And if you've seen that, I got our logo yep. with a Santa hat on top yep. of him on his head. So, yeah, it was, it, it, it was funny. Cause you know, for a company, <coughs> I mean, for a company so young, you are having so much fun just with the logo that it, oh, it's yeah. kind of great because you, know, you get in, you know, I've worked for some very, very large companies, uh, multinational corporations, and man, you do not touch that logo. That's their brand, right? Oh, exactly. But it's fun when you see you can see a company just kind of just you know chill out and go, "Hey, this is logo. We have a kick-ass logo, and you know what? We're gonna have fun too." Um, I don't see why not. I mean, 
there there was a time that even I did this just on my my YouTube channel. People didn't even notice it. I changed the logo just just once, and I changed it back for a little. Uh, it was there for a little bit. And I changed it back where I actually put sunglasses on the banshee, and and it's so so funny is people didn't even notice that. And again, I was also really young as a channel, but I just like. Hey, you know what? It's summertime. I'm going to run with some sunglasses on on the Banshee for a little bit, and it's just kind of fun when you can play. You can play, and you know, people like okay, they're not taking themselves so seriously. I can I can work with these people because they're just down to earth. Yeah, I mean, you can't be. I, I don't know. Getting that rigid to me, I. But then again, I mean, look at like McDonald's Corporation. They have the exact color of red you have to use. That yellow, yeah, it's gotta be perfect. So I have a friend that's corporate McDonald's. And they're, and I get it, and I'm not going to say anything because they're extremely successful. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, well, it, it's also a different philosophy of marketing, right? I mean, I, I get it too. I get that companies want this is our this is our color. It's um, this Pantone of this color and this pan, and it's like awesome, great. Um, but. I want you know, I, I'm like you, I, I like to have a little bit of fun and I think it oh. kind of, it speaks to the people that we work with and, and we talk to. Well, we have an official color. I have a color code that yeah. is our official blue. Sure. You know, we actually do have an official blue with a color code and everything that's we're supposed to well, use. But the other thing is that you run into is doing like, um, like my hat, the blue came out a little different. You're trying to, different embroiders in place. Sometimes it's hard to match those up perfectly. Yeah. Well, I, so. I, I know exactly too. Cause I have, you know, I have um, several colors in my logo and um, you know, if they come out just a little different when I do embroidery, it, it, that's just the way it is. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm not you can't, you can't be perfect. Or if, <laughs> if I print a t-shirt, you know, the color is going to be slightly different on a darker T-shirt than on a lighter T-shirt. I'm not going to get bent out of shape over that. Oh, yeah. Um, so no, that's cool. Does. But well, that's how the logo came to be. And I, like I said, I we love it. And that's the coolest thing. That's one of the first thing we hear from people are like, dude, your logo is badass. Oh, it totally is. Um, well, thanks. Yeah, it totally is. When, when the company launched... Because um, I was a fan of the products from your previous company, and uh, when you when you launched the new company, and I saw the logo, I'm like, I, I was just like, this is awesome. Um, you know, you just you just kind of just knocked it out of the park, and then great. I also get well for me, it's great because well, I'm in Montana and you're in Idaho, so I get my products faster now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go. ordered sh shows up a little faster because it's only. I mean. We're still we're still in the same time zone. Um, exactly. Damn near neighbors. Damn near neighbors. Yeah. In in uh in in Western culture, we're we are we are next door neighbors. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it's just kind of awesome that you know it, it was funny. I, I'm you know I know I teased you before about coming you know moving from Texas back to Idaho, uh, just mostly because everybody is seems to be running to this area. Um, but no, it was good to hear you guys come back to Idaho. And I mean, you even have a version of your logo. It's the Idaho home um, yes, t-shirt, which I just thought that was awesome. Cause I mean, you're going back to, you're going back to your roots. Yeah, um, I mean, it's my wife, which she's a native Idahoan. She was born and raised in Idaho, lived in Idaho her whole life till she met me. 
and then I swept her out and took her away, but then we came back and I lived here in Idaho for several years. I love Idaho. I always have. And when my wife earlier this year said, Hey, her parents are getting older. My mom lives with us and she's going, can we move back to Idaho? Cause we're both, I was working from home. She had got laid off for oil and gas. And I go, yeah, Here, here's what a jerk I am. I said, as long as you make all the arrangements. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but hell, within seven days, she had everything organized and done. I'm like, oh, wow. So, it, so, so I laugh about that is that um, I originally grew up on the East Coast. Um, I grew up just outside of Philly, uh, lived in Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland. And um, some of those states more than once. Um, so when, in 2000, when we moved to, to Montana, is uh, I was working for a company. The company was going out of business. So I'm like, we all know it. So we're all finding new jobs. I'm like, all right, let's, uh, let's go do something fun. You know, uh, the story about how we got here was, is that my wife always wanted to be a park ranger in Glacier. And I always wanted to be a park ranger in Yellowstone. You know, those were our childhood dreams. So we moved to Helena, which is halfway between both parks. And when we did that move, it was just like, you know, I'm still working. She, she had everything planned out. Right. I mean, she she had the, the routes plotted out onto maps. I mean, this is before GPS on our cell phones and all that stuff. Um, you know, we were still running paper maps trying to get across the country. But, yeah, it's funny because it, that's the way it is. We had a in 2003, we had to move back to the East Coast for a few years. And then we moved. We came back in 2006. But it's just like my wife is just like, hey, you're the planner. She just had everything done. You know, we're going to take this route. It's going to take this many days. We're going to stop here. This is the hotel we're going to stop at because um, we were traveling with dogs. So we needed hotels that would take the dogs. But yeah, it's so I, I know exactly what your wife did because she's my wife did the exact same well, thing for us. But see, that's what my wife does for a living in the oil and gas. And now she's in a different industry, but she she's a project manager, project coordinator. That's what she does. Yep. And she's very good at what she does. So I'm just like, okay. And she did, she did it all. Yeah, like, oh. Let the experts do it. Oh yeah. She's good at that. I'm not, that's her specialty and she's a whiz at doing it. So. Well, that makes it a perfect partnership, right? Oh yeah. Was, she's, we, was... we tease her that, you know, I, technically I'm the president of Aegis Gun Care and she's the vice president, but we, I tease her. She's the vice president with veto power. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, she, you're the president when she allows you to be the president. Well, we have some name tags from people at a gun show into made up friends of ours. And that's <laughs> what it says that. on the back of mine. Did you see those? Yeah, that's right. My I wife. That. Yeah, she did. She posted them on Instagram. I saw them. I just started laughing. Um, um, and what's, what's great, because your guys' relationship is so good. And not that I know you personally, but the two of us were on a podcast together where you were on the podcast and she, she just came in and just gave you a big kiss right in, right on the, on the screen there. And we're all just sitting there looking at the screen going, Oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, I have a great wife. There's no doubt about it. She's awesome. I would never be where I'm at today without her because I don't you have know, the self-control and everything else that she does. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the same way with my wife. I, I just, I, I know that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am without her. Um, and it's just, it's just awesome. 
And the good thing about but, I think I've matured a little bit enough to when somebody makes me mad in a business deal or a personal thing, I usually call my wife first event. <laughs> yes. So I don't <clears throat> call the business person and say something stupid. And go off. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of regulates me and like, yeah, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I like to say my wife does all of my proofreading. <laughs> And, and then and then fixes all my uh, all my mistakes. Um, yeah, I know and, in, and in my career, I do a lot of writing, and I hate writing. But um, yeah, she fixes a lot of my mistakes. So, but anyways, back to back to gun cleaning. Yeah, back to- <laughs> <laughs> back to gun cleaning. <laughs> now that we now that we've done the deep deep dive into who is Rod, um, so. Talk to me about your cleaner. I mean, on the web page says it contains no petroleum solvents, hydrocarbons. It's non-flammable, non-caustic. Non- What's all that mean? And, and why is it in important? A, in a nutshell, what that means is it's safe on just about every surface. Basically what all that means. It's safe on the surfaces. It's safe for you. It's just not going to hurt anything. I've yet to find a surface I've been involved with this product for seven years now, eight years. I've yet to find a product, a surface or something that this damages. And I've cleaned tens of thousands of guns we have with these products. So that's basically what all that means in a nutshell. It's safe. You don't have to worry about it hurting anything. You know, it's safe and good. So so it's funny is I actually have another use. I mean, yeah, I, I use your products on my guns. I actually have another use that it's not marketed for that I actually use this stuff for. So uh, being in Montana, it gets cold. We have a wood burning stove. And after we burn the stove, of course, you get the carbon on the glass. Yeah. So uh, what we'll end up doing is we always scrape the glass with a razor blade, but then, you know, it still doesn't get it all off. I end up taking your, your cleaner and spraying it on the glass um, I have a, you know, those sponges that are uh, sponge on one side, then it's like the green, um, yeah. stuff on the other. So I sponge it on just to, so it, cause you know, so it doesn't run so bad. I just let it sit in there. I just hit it with the backside with the, uh, with the hard stuff and then wipe it off with a paper towel. And that glass is perfectly clean. I mean, well, there you go. There's... I, it, it, it's so funny. Cause one day I, I don't know what made me think of it. I'm just sitting there going. You know, this stuff works on carbon on a, on a bolt carrier for an AR. I wonder what it would do to this glass. <laughs> and yeah, it just cleans it right just, up. We found nothing that it hurts. I mean, it's safe on plastics, um, polymers, Bakelite. It's just, we haven't found anything that it hurts yet. Yeah, I mean, I remember spraying on the, on the glass and my wife's like, what are you doing? And I was telling her and she goes, was it safe for that? I go, hasn't screwed anything up yet. And I've had it on plastic. I mean... If, if it doesn't eat the plastic, it's not going to eat the glass. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, there's a lot of uses for our products, which is, which is something we're looking, we're forward looking on a lot of that. So. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, and what's nice about, um, about cleaner. I mean, if you do traditional gun cleaning, I mean, I've been cleaning guns for 40 years. Um, you know, cause I started shooting when I was, well, before I was 10, but, um, you know, you're so used to cleaning stuff that it's, you know, you have a bottle of stuff and you're trying to dunk the bottle to get a patch wet or, you know, something wet. Oh, yeah. And then you're trying to rub around. 
the one thing I like about your cleaner is that you have the spray bottle, right? It's just a pump and you can just spray it and just let it sit. And then, you know, you don't have to get all those heavy solvents on your hand. And that's the other thing I like about your cleaner is that, I mean, if, if, if you go to the old standby that just about everybody grew up with, you could stink a house up really quick with that stuff. I mean, when you're cleaning a gun, you're opening windows. And I mean, I got banned to the garage whenever I'm cleaning a gun after we go shooting. Yeah. Um, our our because, product doesn't have that overpowering. No, odor. I mean, just like, I, like I like to say is it, it only smells like a, like a strong Windex in, in the smell. It's not like you're going to just really, you know, you're going to, like I said before, stink up a house. Um, yeah. And then what I like about it is like, I, when you're done, I mean, you're going to get some on your hands. I mean, it just happens. You just go to the sink and put some dish soap on your hands and it's gone. Like, you know, using some of those other chemicals, you're washing hands three and four times and you're still going to smell that stuff for a little bit. Your stuff just washes right off. You know, it's funny. You talked about it. yesterday. I was out in my shop messing around and I got a little bit of oil or black grease on my hands. I'm not sure where I got it from. I'm going to rag to clean. I'm looking around and all I had was a bottle of our solvent there. <laughs> I sprayed it on my hands and washed it off and it took it right off. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, that's just, that. I mean, that's that's what's so great about that stuff is it's it's not the, it's not harsh. I mean, you know, we we think of solvents. Um, you know, we think it's got to be harsh in order to do its job. Well, that's um, kind of the reason I quit using the. We, it's not called a solvent on the label. That's yeah, the I, reason I went to cleaner. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. <laughs> Um, because in the other company, it was solvent before. Yeah, and it technically and, is a solvent, but yeah. I'm kind of with you. There's kind of a negative connotation to solvent sometimes. Yep. That it's yeah. harsh, it's bad. And ours isn't harsh or bad like that. So I thought, no, it's a cleaner. That's what it yeah, does. I, and, and that's it's, what I like about how you branded that. It's cleaner, and it totally well, is. You, you understand? The other cool thing about this, look at this bottle. <clears throat> And there's our lube. Yeah. Talking about the guy that did my logo also did my labels. He designed the labels and everything. I had both of them designed to be this color. And so, he, he decided, he told me, he goes, Rod, you need to go to white for your cleaner. And I'm like, why? And I didn't think about it. You know why? Why is that? Because it's clean. White is synonymous with clean. Yeah. He goes, it's a so, marketing thing. He says, it's just, I said, damn, dude, that's, <laughs> look at you being all smart and stuff. For for those of you who are listening on the audio side, the, the label on the on the lube is is a dark color, and then the, the, the cleaner is completely white on the background. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, and that's the thing is, um, that's, that's where your stuff sits on my shelf, right next to my cleaning kit right there. Um, except for when I go to the range and I load it in my bag. But yeah, um, this stuff is really good. I mean, I love I love it. I love the design of it. I love the bottles on it too. I mean, it just the whole design of it is great. Now, now we talk, we've been talking a lot about um, the cleaner right now, but the lubricant. So, you know, you, it says it's a synthetic lubricant. It's not petroleum based. Um, why is that important? 
Why, why is well, synthetic more important than petroleum-based? Well, the cool thing about ours, what makes it cool like that and what it works well for is being that it's synthetic and then it's man-made, it's not a petroleum-based product. Petroleum-based products all have one thing in common. They float on water. They have a lower specific gravity than water. Ours being synthetic and it was designed to not have that characteristic. So it's heavier than water. We have a higher specific gravity than water. So therefore... And we have a display we take to gun shows with us and stuff. It's like six test tubes. We have, I should have had it here with me, but anyway, it's all packed up in my <laughs> gun show boxes. But sure, it's five major lubes on the market are in test tubes that we, we don't name who they are. And then there's ours. And it shows a demonstration. All those float on the water because they're all petroleum based. So they float on the top of the water. Ours, you pour it into water and it sinks to the bottom. So it's got higher specific gravity than water. What that helps on your firearm is, let's just say you're in Montana, Idaho, or even Texas, and it's hot and you're perspiring on your EDC. Mm-hmm. If you have a petroleum-based product, there's a good chance that water is going to d- displace your lube and get to your metal because it's heavier than the, the lubrication is. Well, ours being heavier than that, the chance of that happening are pretty slim. You know, it's going to give you more protection. This goes along with the whole Aegis, the shield thing. Yep. That's where a lot of that comes from. That's, it truly shields your firearm by doing that. And that's why it's important. And then you add on our lubrication capabilities and characteristics that we have, rust inhibitors, the friction modifiers, the anti-wear, all that into it. It just comes out to a phenomenal product. And, oh, yeah. and to be honest, let's be fair. I'm biased. I'm very biased oh, about this, but... You are, uh, and and as you should be. I mean, it's your product. I mean, the 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 reasons why I wanted to get you on to the podcast is well, number one, um, I I believe in your products. I I use your products personally. Uh, number two is I'm non-biased because well, I'm I'm not an affiliate. I don't make anything off of your products. I use them. I like them. I you know I wouldn't use the products if I don't like them, and. Um, you know, this year I had my top 10 products I played with for, for 2021 and, you know, your product made it into the top 10. And yeah. We were, very, for, we were pleased with that. Yeah. I, it's, it's just, I love the product and, and that's what I talk to people about is I go, you know, you use everyday carry um, where you're talking about the heavier than water. What I use is like, what if you go duck hunting? I mean, duck hunting is going to be a very wet environment right? You're going to be slogging through marshes and, you know, hanging around lakes and stuff like that. Your shotgun's going to get wet. And um, that's the whole, that's the whole thing I like is that, you know, if you're going to use this in a wet environment like that, um, absolutely. You know, you want that oil to stay in place because, well, I mean, there's yeah. a chance, there's a chance that the person that really was behind developing this for us and doing it. There's a good chance that um, he's an avid waterfowl hunter. <laughs> so, so it just happens to be that I brought that up. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the reasons it's like that. Cause it's, it's when gun people do gun things like that make products, it's kind of a cool thing, but well, I wish I could take the credit of designing this. Hell no. Anybody that knows me, I'm not that smart. So, well, and that's the thing is, I mean, you know, you, you've used EDC, I've used um, duck hunting. Um, 
but you also have competitive shooting. I mean, you know, just because it's raining a little, they don't stop a shoot. No. You're going to get wet. Your gun's going to get wet. You just deal with it and you move on. Um, and that's the greatest thing about this is that regardless of what you're using your firearm for, having that heavier than water is going to protect your gun in more ways than you can ever think of. I mean, well, you know, in, in salt water, I hate to jump in, but right where they're oh, even on salt in the Texas coast, we had a lot of um, bird hunters down there and they loved our stuff because guess what? It's even heavier than salt water. Yeah. So, it, it's, it's funny because okay. I was, I was thinking about, you know, when we were talking about duck hunting and stuff, for me, I was thinking uh, law enforcement on water. You have, um, you know, just because law enforcement is got squad cars, you also have law enforcement that are out there in water. I mean, whether it's a lake or an ocean or stuff like that. Um, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, certain shot, you know, when you get around water, typically you're running stainless steel firearms not because they're cool. It's because you're trying to get that anti-corrosion. But yeah. now with this stuff being heavier than water and especially salt water, and um, so, and for those who don't understand the chemistry, salt water does change how things float. It's great because you have one product that no matter where you're going, um, if you're worried about sweat, you're worried about fresh water, salt water, brackish water, um, rain, so, you know, you're in Idaho, I'm in Montana, snow, S snow, snow will turn into wa water when it hits something warm. Um, you're kind of protected with one oil. And that's what I like about it. Yeah, now, we're happy with it. Now, on your webpage, it, it talks about the oil is also got a synthetic solvent to it. So can this also be used as a, as a CLP as well? Yes. Put me in the corner on that one. Um, <laughs> we are kind of, how do I put this nicely? I don't say we're an anti-CLP company, but we definitely, that's how I'm going to answer this. We definitely believe old school that a gun cleaning is a two-step process. You clean a gun, then you lubricate a gun. We don't buy into the one product does it all. I just, nothing against them. The people that use CLP and enjoy it, good for them. Keep using that. If it works for you, by all means, use it. Because I've used it before in the past too. But back to your question is, yes, our lube, we don't market it as a CLP by any means, but it does have cleaning capabilities. It does have some ingredients in it that make it a, a good cleaner. So when you're actually, like for we use these products in our stores where you're cleaning, you actually clean with the solvent. We did in ultrasonic tanks. And then you get rid of that, wash all that off with water, dry the gun out, the metal parts off, completely dry them, and then stick them in a lube, ultrasonic lube tank with this lube in it. So you're actually getting cleaning in both. Both products are doing a cleaning. But the solvent are cleaner is a much better cleaner, much better. That's what it's sure. designed to do. But in, in the end, to answer your question, yes. I, for spot cleaning or quick cleaning around i will just throw the lube on something and wipe it and use it and, and that's kind of where i was going is sometimes uh like if you're in competitions and um i don't want to call any guns out like uh kimber <laughs> um Kim kimber's a great company but i've seen a lot of 
Kimbers, because of their tight tolerances, they will start to jam and do things like that because they start getting dirty just through the chute. And that's kind of where I was going with it is not for cleaning the gun, but if you just, you know, I, I've seen these, these guys with these Kimbers, they'll take them apart and they'll ju they just need to wipe them down, oil them up just a little bit, just get a little bit of the powder residue off and then they're back up and running. And well, that's yeah. where I was kind of going. It's like in a pinch where you don't need to do a full deep dive of your gun to get it clean. You could just use the lubricant just to keep you going until that time that you need to do that heavy duty detail cleaning. Yes. No, the lube will clean it by itself. It will clean. It just won't clean as good as the cleaner does, but it will, it will clean. And it's funny cause I'm, I don't, I'm not a big believer in CLPs either. Um, for me, it's it, it, you have one product to do one, one product to do the other. Never have I found a product that does both good, right? I mean, yeah. they'll do a decent job, but they won't do a great job. Um, you know, the one thing I like, and, and, and I'll talk, it's with your lubricant, is no matter how good I clean a gun, I was just cleaning a, an 870 uh, Wingmaster. And there's some nooks and crannies in there, you know, you spray the, you spray the cleaner in, you clean it up. It looks good. I'll go in with a Q-tip and, you know, make sure everything's dry. But sometimes there's a little nook and cranny. And when, when I do the oil and I just go in with a Q-tip just to make sure you can get a little bit, you know, even though yeah. it looks clean, you get a little bit more out of it. Yeah. It is kind of a second cleaning too, but yeah. like I said, we, we firmly believe in the two-step process of cleaning a firearm, you know, and it never fails. Every time we're in a gun show, we get somebody that walks up and they go, but I use ELP. It's better. Okay. Well then can keep you LP. If it works yeah. for you, good. Use it now. Move along. So, so, so now we've, we've talked about both of these um, products. So what's the basic process of cleaning with your products? It's pretty simple. Um, of course, as always, Still have to say it because some people are knuckleheads. Make sure your arm is unloaded and safe. Just you would think at this time in history, people that would be a, a no-brainer, but it's not. So well, I remember as a kid, um, you know, we, I started shooting when I was young. Uh, something that my father said to me back when I was ten: unloaded guns have killed more people than you have ever have imagined. Every gun that's killed somebody in a household's been unloaded. Yeah, yeah, they're all. Or somebody didn't pull a trigger, but we won't go down that road. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah. Make sure the fire empty, no ammunition around. We all know, should know that and be safe. Field strip firearm, and we just take, spray it, take the cleaner off, spray the whole gun with it. You can spray the synthetic, the polymer parts, plastic, everything. Just don't put the stuff. How do I, don't put it on optics, lights, lasers, even though I use it for that and it does work, but I'm not going to say that it's safe 100%, but it is. So <laughs> I use it for that too. But let it set for a second or two, a minute or two, let it kind of start doing its work and then take a rag or the brush that's included in our gun cleaning kits. They all have brushes in them and brush it and clean it up, get everything off there, wipe it down, wipe as much as the solvent off as you can get. I mean, it's not going to hurt if it stays on there, but 
the best way to make sure that your lubrication, whether it's ours or any lube works good, especially ours, because we push ours, is to make sure you have a good, clean version surface for it to be on. You know, then it's going to, no matter what lube yeah. you lube, but you're going to get its best capabilities when it's on a good, clean surface. So sure. get everything. Like I said, in our stores, we even had sinks, sprayers, and we washed all the loot off with water. And then we had really nice, like, women's hair dryers on steroids that heat. <laughs> And we dried all the metal completely before we put it into the lube. So if you want to go that point, that's what we I would recommend. But wipe all the solvent off, get it off, and then just take the at that point, just take the lubricant and put it all over the gun, all over the metal parts of the gun, not just the wear parts, your rails and your slide and everything. Because since it is at a nano level and we have rust inhibitors in there and it's heavier than water, it's a whole gun protection. Let it get that, that sheen over it and get that protection layer on there. Then just wipe off the excess, put your gun back together, and you're ready to go. You know, pretty simple, straightforward. Which, you know, and also coating on the outside of the gun is important for your, you know, okay. I know some people are really, you know, I have a Glock and it's got that tenifer coating and I, I get that, right? But Let's face it, even Tenifer and all these new coatings, I mean, Cerakote, everything will eventually wear off, um, especially if you're in an everyday carry. You're going to have a gun that's rubbing against your body that you're sweating and sweat has salt in it because it's, you know, it's your it's your sweat. Sweat out is ho are horrible. <laughs> yeah. So putting that coating over it, even though there is some of the coating left on it, it's kind of important. So that way you don't know exactly how thin that coating is getting. So just putting it on, just protect it. It's not like we're bathing the stuff in oil. I mean, um, you know, I put a drop on and I use, I, I like to use Q-tips. Um, I use Q-tip to spread it out and I get it in a little nooks and crannies and stuff like that. And um, it's amazing how far you can get with, with the lubricant with it, so little it a little of our lubricant goes a long way it, it does and kind of where i'm going with that is so the bottles of the cleaner is four ounces and the bottle of the lubricant is two ounces I, I, you know it's it's i know it's the question's going to be hard to answer but but how long does that typically last yeah, even for, for somebody, for the average shooter that owns a few guns and cleans their guns a few times a year, maybe, sadly to say, one bottle that two ounce could last them years. <laughs> and it's funny because it oh. it does. I mean, it, it takes forever to go through this stuff. I've um, had people in the industry that buy our product, and they've told me I should go to a one ounce bottle. <laughs> 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 kind of too long. You're not getting people repeat this fast. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doing. we're good with it. And um, you know, it's it's important for uh, for people to understand that you know I lived on the East Coast in a very humid environment. You live down in Texas, a very humid environment. It's important to take your guns out once a year and clean them. Um, I have a uh, thirty thirty Winchester. It was given to me as a kid that. I had to send off and have refinished and with, because of the high nickel content, you can't have them reblued. They have to be case hardened. 
which you know kind of it was sad that i lost the the finish of this gun that i've had forever but um you know going into my 20s i had to go get this thing recase hardened because well it sat in the safe and it sat in the back of the safe and didn't get cleaned and it rusted oh yeah um, so <laughs> it's important to do that and that's what's so great about you know this product is since it's you know the heavier than water when you get into that high humidity environments i'm not as uh, i hate to say it i'm not as anal about worrying about my guns in the safe because they're they're wiped down with this stuff i have um, in my safe right now that we moved up from texas and i hadn't cleaned them back there because they had been shot in a long time <clears throat> and they're up in my safe right now and i've looked at it and it's been a couple of years since they've been touched or cleaned a few of my rifles and other guns they still have the lube on them it's still on there yeah it went anywhere so yeah and that's and that's funny because you know it, it's weird to say that because i you know going back as a kid is like every time you handle a gun it's got to be wiped down with oil i mean it just that was that was the way it was because of the oils in your hands exactly um, but even then you know okay fine you you wipe your gun down you put it in the back of the safe well if that oil was truly protecting my rifle i wouldn't have had to have it case hardened right i mean it it sat there um gosh i think it sat in that safe it's like seven years without ever being handled and you know i would i would wipe it down with my oils and then i would put it into the safe i would hold it with like a not a, uh, like a, a rag and i would put it in there so none of the oils on my hands were there and then just through the humidity of living on the east coast that oil disappeared and my gun rusted so that's why i love something yeah. like this and you're a lot more careful with yours than i am i grab them i handle them i put them back in there <laughs> well i i will say um as i get older i'm not quite as anal about that now but also the oils that we're putting on these guns to preserve them are a lot better than they were back when I was a kid. I mean, oh, yeah. your product is the prime example of that. You know, there's products out there right now, and I won't mention any names, but have been just running on their name for 20 years. Yeah. They haven't made any improvements. They're still the same stuff. And when I was a kid, and it's still in the same product. They haven't done anything new, but they've just been resting on their laurels and they don't want to get better. You know, which All brings right. me to don't like that we're always looking at some way to make our products better because the point i want to make I, I really feel this is not only do we produce and i own a business my wife and i but i'm also a consumer so i look at things from that point of view when i do do, do stuff <clears throat> that's like the gun kits we made those were made from my end being a consumer not from yeah. a manufacturer trying to sell some i put that together from the consumer end what i want to see in, and I get to a price point that i thought was fair I've had people tell me we could sell our kits for a lot more money. And I said, I probably could, but that I wasn't. I was surprised actually when you launched the company, I think, um, gosh, I think I was like order number 16 when I put my order in, it was early. And, and yeah. uh, what was really cool was, is that even when I put my order in, you hand wrote on the receipt for, for, for me. And still, it was so funny was this, um, you know, right. We didn't really know each other back then. Um, you know, we, I, I knew about you probably more than you knew about me. And then 
I got a handwritten note saying, thanks for the order, Rogue. And I'm like, holy crap, he knows who I am. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even know he knew I existed. Um, I mean, other than being on some podcasts uh, that, that you had sponsored, um, I didn't think he even knew it. And that's, that is the greatest thing about you've got this small company that's, that's got some great products at the price. I mean, when I put the order in, I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe it's, it's that cheap for, for this thing. Um, I could make a lot more money on each product, but you know, the way I look at this thing is to me, this isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. Yeah. I plan on being a long time is my, my goal and to build something here. And I just think it's important to just to be honest and build something that people can afford, especially nowadays with inflation, the way things are going stupid. I mean, I just improved, which I was going to talk about, added a new little feature into our deluxe gun cleaning kit. And I didn't add in the the bottom line on it. I just kept it at the same price. Well, you know, let's talk about that real quick because, you know, the, the next question I was going to ask you is, what's the difference between the field kit and the deluxe kit? And then... Um, I know that you did the change in the deluxe kit. I saw the the change and I was like, that's, that's cool. Cause you know, one of the things I have is that I want to make sure that I have something that goes with me that if I have a problem, I can deal with it. Right. So uh, talk a little bit about the kits. Well, the, the field cleaning kit was the first one we did. And that was the first one. I, I just, I'd been looking for something like that for myself and I couldn't find anything, couldn't find anything I liked that was in a small, compact, range-type kit. You know, I didn't want to make one of these at-home bench kits because everybody makes one. We've all bought these $100, $150 kits. Yep. They're, but we don't use half the stuff in it or we lose it. So it's not a field kit. So that's what that was the design behind going with these little. And it took me a long time to source all the things that go in there, to source the thing, everything. So I made that, like I said, that was the part I was telling you about as a consumer. That was me wanting something. And I thought, well, this will be cool. I'm an average gun owner. So we went with that. It was extremely successful. And people took to it real well. And how many people got a hold of me and said, or be at gun shows like, dude, I've looked for something like this forever. And it that's what I bought. I, as soon as I saw it, because I was originally going to the website to buy just the the cleaner and the lubricant. And then I saw the kit and I'm like, oh no, I had, I gotta have that. Um, so, and yeah. then I, I bought it and then, you know, I've done pictures on uh, Instagram where I actually take your kit and I buddy it up to my med kit that, that goes with me everywhere. Cool. I've actually showed a lot of people that I've went, Hey, look at this is one thing one customer did, but it, it's kind of like, you know, I have, I have my trauma kit for when I go to the range. And then, you know, that's to protect the human. Then I have my field kit that's married up to my trauma kit to protect the gun. So if I have a problem with the gun, I can deal with that problem. But like we're saying, though, the, the field cleaning kit was the first one. And then I kind of wanted to do something a little more, and I couldn't. I didn't know what I was going to do with that. And I was looking around, looking around, and my wife and I were checking products out. We come across some products that we could get at a fairly good price. And I thought, okay, there's where we're going to go. This is what we're going to do. So we came up with the deluxe, what we called the deluxe handgun cleaning kit has a lot more, has jags in it, has um, the brass rods that you put together long enough to do handguns. Those did pretty well. 
we'd go to gun shows, we've been selling them, but I kept getting this, this one comment every time. God, I sure wish that handgun cleaning kit would work with rifles. Yep. Uh, you know how much we heard that. And so like I tell on some of the marketing now for it, you know, you spoke as the consumers, you spoke, we listened. So I said, okay, let me start looking around. So what I did is got on and was able to source me some, the cable pull throughs like we have in the kits for pistols. And the other one has these, the gun. So I added the 33 inch long cable pull into the deluxe kit, renamed it. It's no longer a deluxe handgun cleaning kit. It's just a deluxe field cleaning kit now. So now it's got the capability on the range for using it for rifles. And like yes. I said, that was the things we bought these and granted, they didn't cost a lot of money, but we didn't add to the price. I thought, I'm just going to keep the price where it's at. I mean, especially now, people, things are kind of sucking right now with the economy and people having a lot of discretionary income. So yeah. let's not, we left it there. Well, and that's the thing is that at, at the price point of it, I mean, like you said, you know, everybody has a, their expensive kit. I have my expensive kits, right? I mean, I've got my yeah. nice rod to clean my guns and stuff like that. But when I'm out, in the range or out in the field. I mean, you know, when I travel, I travel with a gun. Um, I carry a firearm. Um, I, I carry a rifle. I carry a rifle with me when I travel. Um, and then let's face it. Sometimes I get to places. I, I did an, an engagement years ago. that was down in Idaho. It was um, a week long engagement. And at night there wasn't a whole lot for me to do. <laughs> I found a gun range. And I went out and I went shooting, but then that's back before I had, you know, that's back when cleaning kits were big. And that's why I like about, you know, your, your field kits is they're small enough that you can just throw it in your car with, with your other stuff. And just, it's just that. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they've, especially we've for Christmas gifts and stocking stuffers. These have been real popular this month for that, which we're thankful for that people I mean, we're thankful everybody that's bought a kit i mean we absolutely appreciate everybody that's bought a product from us you yeah. know so and it's just it's funny because like you know like i said is i only went there to go buy the lube and the oil and i bought a kit <laughs> i mean i just i just had to have a kit i saw it i'm like and it's it really wasn't that much more money for the kit no i mean yeah. like you said the the original field cleaning kit, which isn't this one, it's got the American flag patch on yep. it. It's $35.99, and this deluxe kit um, is $47.99. And yeah, it it's... comes with this, the most awesome patch on it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that, that is just, just such an awesome logo. I, did, I can't say that enough. But I mean, that was the whole thing is it's just, it's not expensive. I mean, you get a cleaning kit with oil and and the cleaner, and you know you have the pull throughs and all that stuff with that. At you know at that price, at forty five dollars for that kit, it's it's affordable enough. You can put it, you know, you can buy multiples of them, put them wherever. Yeah. Um, and the the other thing that we like that I wanted to make sure, and I had people say, well, you should put smaller bottles into your kits. I'm like, no. I like using our full size bottle. I always wanted to do that. And so that's what we was one of the things I want the full size bottles. And yeah. So it, it's funny. Um, I was, I was surprised that when I bought the kit that it came with the full size bottles, 
Um, I was expecting to be smaller bottles, but when I looked at them, like, no, that's the real, that's the full size bottles. And then the kit came and I was like, yeah, those really are the full size bottles. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I have, I have big hands. <laughs> I mean, I just do having the full size bottle in my hand makes it easier for me to clean a gun. And regardless of where I'm at, um, like I said, if I go, if I'm traveling and I hit a gun range, I go shoot my guns, I can get back into my hotel room again without the solvent being, or oh, I hate to solve, without the cleaner being that heavy smell. You can clean your gun in your hotel room. No one will ever know. Oh, yeah. No, and it's, it's important to have that. You know, I'm like I said, trying to give a good value to the consumer. I don't want to say I'm not cheap, but I am kind of frugal. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, there's a difference. So there's a difference between being cheap and then wanting a good deal. Right? Yeah, so I understand the importance of that. You know, so, especially now that, you know, all of us people that own businesses, we're all multimillionaires, you know. Well, <laughs> right. totally. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I know. Yeah. You're one of those I, you're one of those rich people that moved to Idaho. Yeah, there you go. I that's what I get a kick out of is and that goes to my point is having a good value is I'm making the least amount of money now personally than I ever have in my life. But I own a business, so I'm supposed to be rich. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll go with that. And it's a it's amazing that people don't understand that. It's like, oh, you got a business. I'm like, yeah, the business owners are are the poorest people. Um you know, even when, you know, you're small enough that it, it's it's you and your wife, you know, when companies start growing and then they start hiring people, the, the owner's income actually goes down while everybody else is kind of going up because somebody's got to pay their salary somewhere. Yeah, um, that's like for us. Thank God my wife has a real job. Yeah. You know, she she has a real job 40 plus hours a week. See, so. she's she's subsidizing everybody's cleaning kit for them. It, yeah, nobody knows it. That. <laughs> she absolutely <laughs> is. So, so everybody owes your wife a, a big thanks because that's that's the reason why we can afford these things. My wife's in the shadows of all this most of the time, and I love her to death for it. And she works forty-five to sixty hours a week, which I know is not a lot for some people, but I remember it wasn't I was in oil and gas. We worked a lot more than that. But she works her butt off. She works really hard. Then she comes home on the weekends and spends at least one day on the weekend doing all the the accounting and bookworking for our company. Yeah. So I mean, like I told you before, without her this wouldn't be running at all. I I'd be working at McDonald's or something. I don't know. <laughs> and some of these McDonald's is paying fifteen, twenty dollars an hour. I'm not a bad idea. No, it's funny. Um, You know, I, I I became very aware of what everybody was paying when I lost my job. Um, And I don't, I mean, when I went through college in the nineties, I loaded trailers at UPS for $8 an hour. And I'm, and that was, that was good money back then. Um. You know, I look at it now, you can go work at Walmart or uh, Costco for $17 an hour. Hey, trust me. I've thought about it. There's a huge Amazon fulfillment 10 minutes from my house. Minimum, minimum going, salary there is $17 an hour. I've thought about going to get a part-time job. I, just well, so I can funny. have, that way I can have gun and ammo money. Yeah, there you go. So, or, or, or like I, I like to say is, is your fun money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
trust me that that thought had crossed my mind too i mean just like at that at that at that amount of money a part-time job is that adds up pretty quick yeah when i saw someplace i saw a sign said mcdonald's was hiring at 20 bucks an hour i said i'm not beyond that i'll flip hamburgers for 20 bucks an hour <laughs> hell yeah because look I at just, it when you go home you have zero responsibility you don't take your job home yeah, with you you're, you're done you're done you just go home yeah you're done um that's kind yeah, of appealing true. actually yeah i know it's, it's like i mean like you and i were yeah when I mean, we both are entrepreneurs i mean our job is never done ever yeah I so mean, if somebody like, sees me working at a McDonald's drive-thru one day, don't judge, shut up and take your burger and go away. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is, this is, this is your time just to escape the regular stuff. <laughs> so, um, now on your, uh, on your cleaner and lubricant, this stuff is made where? It is made in the good old US of A. It is American made. So we're not waiting for this stuff in a cargo ship, waiting to be unloaded in a harbor somewhere. So this stuff is right here available now. But with that being said, just because it's made in America, we're still getting our butts kicked on supply chain issues. So well, it, and That's the funny thing is that um, people think it's just those cargo. It's not. I mean, I was... I was driving around town uh, on, on Saturdays and Sundays. We take the dogs to the park and we run them out in the dog park. And on Sunday, I saw FedEx doing deliveries. Oh, the, I've seen the U.S. mail here in Nampa on Sunday, the U.S. mail trucks running. Yeah, I mean, there is such a backlog of, of things going on. I mean, if you think about it, you know, every, people are leaving the workforce. It doesn't mean that it's just because someone doesn't want to be a greeter at Walmart. I mean, they, you have uh, drivers, you have you have every profession is being impacted by this. Oh God, yes. So th there's backlogs everywhere. You know, that's it's a problem we're having right now. I mean, I'm getting low on some products and stuff, and I just put a, a post on Instagram that I got brushes and everything to make more kits took me a while to get them you know i was almost ready to run out now i've got some other stuff and i'm like and you just don't know it's stuff i used to be able to get in four or five days yeah now it's weeks well it's it's funny my wife and i were just talking about um you know speaking of amazon we were debating on whether or not and we have a prime membership and we've been debating on whether we're going to keep that just because nothing is prime anymore Everything's prime free shipping. Um, I mean, it's not, that's not to say that I've got to have it in two days, right? I mean, honestly, if it's three, if it's three days, I'm not in a, you know, I'm not, it's not going to hurt me. Um, but nothing is prime and it's, it's like everything's taking like a week or two to get here. Oh yeah. And it's just like this supply chain thing is, it, it's a ripple effect, right? And it's, um, it's rough on somebody like me. Yeah, I'm the cons I'm that consumer. When I when I push send, I expect it to be at my door in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. When I ordered, I want it now. Well, and and that's the thing. I mean, I when when I was an FFL, and you know, two of us were talking offline about being FFLs. When I was an FFL, and I received a gun for a transfer, when I got that in, I let the customer know immediately 
or you know, at least within an hour or two, that I have their firearm and trying to set up their time to come pick it up because I, I hey, when I buy something, I want to play with my toys too, right? I don't want to oh, wait yeah. to play with my toy. Um, Where that works I, for us? No, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, and it's just that's just the way I am. I I, I want it. And I want to play with it, and and I get it. You're you're the same way. You know, I want it, and I want it, I want it in my hands. I want to start playing with it. But that that part of me is good for our customers though. Cause yeah. I, you know how many customers I say, my, I get the comments, I get a message back. Wow. Shipping was fast. Cause I understand how I am. And I guess I think everybody should be that way when I order something, yeah. I want it now that our shipping, I try the best I can. And sometimes we do get busy on certain days and I don't get it done, but I try to get every order out the same day. Yeah. You know, so like for somebody like you, if you ordered something today, you could have it in two days yeah, or less because I'll get it in the mail that day if I can. And if not, it's the net, except for on holidays some and weekends, but it's out immediately. Cause... See, and that's what I like about doing business with small, with small businesses, right? Um, you do some business with some of these larger companies. Yeah, you know, fine. They might have some advantages here and advantages there. But there's no heart in what they did. You know, going back to that whole, you wrote on my receipt. That is just, an, you don't get that customer service from people. I mean, you know, when I was at, when I was in FFL and I was talking to another FFL, it was on the East Coast. And he's just like, how do you compete against big box stores? And I go, you don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. You, you don't. I go, it, being a small business owner, it's guerrilla warfare. You take their you take their weakness and turn it into your strength. I'm never going to be able to sell a gun as cheap as you know this big box store down the road can. But I will absolutely smoke them on customer service. Oh yeah, me too. When you call our when you call our phone number to somebody, I answer the phone. Yeah. And I'll talk to you. And if you got a problem, I'll fix it as long as I can. You yeah. mean well, wait, no, you're you're this big rich um, business owner. You mean you don't have an outsourced uh, uh, my, call center in Bangladesh. My no, my executive administrative assistant will answer the phone and take care of it. <laughs> That's like I was. Oh God, I was making fun on a while back about how I had some issues with stuff getting shipped, and well, I forgot to do something. Is what I came down to. I put on Facebook or something. I said, "I've had it. My warehouse guy's getting fired. I've had enough of that guy. <laughs> he is gone." <laughs> I can't deal with this anymore. Uh, and most everybody got it. One person that I know, a friend goes, well, aren't you the only employee? I'm like, yeah, that was the point. <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, that warehouse guy, he is not carrying his weight. <laughs> oh, well. The one thing I've noticed on the webpage uh, you now have a chance to spread payments out. Like, so if I want to buy a bunch of stuff, I can now spread payments out. Talk to me a little bit about that. There's not a lot I can talk about that because that's not us. That's as we do our website through Shopify mm -hmm. and that's a program they offer. And I should be more up on it since it's something they offer on our stuff huh. for us. But that's, but, I get paid and then they take care of it. But basically you identified, hey, look, you know, someone could buy 
um, several products. Again, it's getting a little tight out there right now with, yeah. with some things. Um, you can buy products and then start spreading out some of those payments. I think it's like four payments. You can spread it out. There. Yeah, they do. They give that option to that stuff. And I think it's pretty cool. And it's something I should be more up on. But I just thought when I first started dealing with them and doing this, I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I you mean, know? especially if you're talking about, I mean, you know, this is going to air on, well, the Monday before Christmas. So it's going to be a little too late to get your orders in um, for Christmas. But if you are doing holiday shopping, and you're going to be buying a bunch of product. It's kind of nice to spread that out. Yeah, you or, definitely can. Or maybe, I don't know, just saying for certain maybe firearms instructors out there, they might want to buy some products and maybe give it out as a bonus to people taking classes. That way you can at least spread that payment out before you have a class. You know, there's, yeah, that's the cool thing about that. And uh, I kind of want to jump back. You made me think of something real quick. We are talking sure. about customer service. One of the things that we do here is we go to these gun shows, people buy, and they're like, what if I want to buy more and I don't catch you at the next gun show? I said, well, we have a website, but I give them my business card, my phone number, but I tell them, if you're local to us here in the Boise area, don't get on my website and order it because you're going to have to pay shipping. Call me. Yeah. We'll take we'll it. We'll out. take care of that out so you don't have to pay shipping. And I had a, a lady here in Caldwell, Idaho, which is what, 10 minutes from us. We're in Nampa. She ordered eight cleaning kits. And then she got a hold of me. She was like, wow. Um, didn't really want to pay shipping. Can you deliver them to me? And I said, well, here's what we do. She came to my house. I gave her my ad. She came to my house. And I gave her her $20 shipping back. Right? That's so, awesome. That's just, no, it's just how we do. There's, I think it's just, it's insane that I would charge shipping for somebody here in Nampa. And I tell somebody, I'll meet you. We meet halfway somewhere. I'll bring your product. And then I'll save you a few bucks of shipping. And that's just yeah. one of those other things that we do because it just, it seems like the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it, you know, it'd be different if you had a storefront, right? Yeah. But since you don't have a storefront, that's that's what you do. That's why that's why you have, you know, brand loyalty that's going to come about is just because you went that extra mile for that one customer. I mean, and if you're going to do now, if you're going to do that to someone local, what are you going to do to someone who's ordering online? I mean, like you said, you're trying to get all those orders out the same day. They're not going to say, I mean, even if you're, you're probably the person that worries that if you didn't get everything out the next day, you're probably obsessed the next morning of trying to get caught up. Oh yeah. No, I just, it annoys me because I want stuff out and I want it gone. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, cause... that's, that that's what's great about small business. I mean, you have small business owners who care. I mean, they don't they're they're not lost in all that. And there's not a lot of companies that do that. Some of them get too big um, that they can't. They want to, and hopefully, yeah. as we grow, we can still do it. Do the little things like writing on every um, on every order in there. I still do that, and I'm gonna do it as long as I can. But I, I do understand, and I hope that we grow big enough that I just can't do that anymore. And then we'll at that point we'll go something a little less personal, just be a card that's already we'll throw in there, which we do that now too. I throw a card in there, but but there's another but company I do business with, and you know what's pretty cool, and I know why people this is why I like doing it is I do business with a supplement company called Cardomax and Energy Enhancer. They do all the stuff they make, and I love the fact that when I order something from them, usually that day it tells me you get the automated thing saying it's already been shipped. Yeah. 
And and that's what I and so I know what our customers when they order something like at ten o'clock in the morning and two in the afternoon or one o'clock in the afternoon they already get an email saying it's been shipped it's been fulfilled. That's a cool feeling, and I like that they do that. And so I, I think it's pretty cool to do. Because I know how it makes me feel every time I order something from them, and that well, day I get notice. And that's the thing, uh, you know. That's one of the problems with online shopping, right? Because you you can wonder about did my order get black hold, right? If you get that feedback that, hey, you know, something's something sent out. Awesome. You know, because I, you know, I know that I got a tracking number. I knew where, I knew yeah. where it was being shipped and uh, when it was being shipped. That's awesome. I, I was totally wasn't expecting it like that day. <laughs> but well, that's what we try to do. Um, Granted, it doesn't happen. There's been a few times we haven't been on, but typically it's that day. It's but even the then, I mean, even if even if the order comes in and it goes out the next day, that is still not bad customer service. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I want to do everything under twenty four hours as the as the most. Yeah, I want every order to leave under twenty four hours. So, well, we'll see how that keeps going. I my hope is that we get big enough here in the next bunch of months that I can't do that. I can't promise that anymore. <laughs> That's kind of a good thing, really. Well, right. and that's and that's part of growth, right? I mean that that does happen, um, but even then, as you grow and you're not going to be, you know, you might not be able to do those small personal touches. You're still, I, you're still going to be riding someone's rear to make sure that things are being done. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer, and I just don't say this. I the the whole art and the whole thing of customer service in our country has been lost. Yeah, it really totally. has. And so totally. I love it when I go into a business and it's, hello, sir, they're nice, they're polite, they go out of their way. You can charge more for your product and I'm still going to do business with you there, because you have that customer service. There are companies that I will work with. I know that I could get it cheaper, but I yeah. know that I know the people behind it. I know the people that are working there. I know that if I walk into a, a place that I'm going to be taken seriously, right? Yeah. It's not... I'm not a number. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them money. That's great. And I am a customer, but being a customer, I should be afforded certain, um, I don't want to say rights, but certain um, courtesies. Yeah. No. And I'm willing, I'm willing to pay a little more for that. Now. And I agree with that too, but I'm also, I also believe in the school of the thought, this old saying that the customer is always right. That's BS. I don't believe in that at all. I've never believed in that philosophy. The customer isn't always right. No. The customer always thinks they're right. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're right. And I'm a firm believer sometimes in business, especially in the retail, you have to fire a customer sometimes. Uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've had, you know, I've, when I was an FFL, I had to fire a couple of customers. No, and I've done it several times. It's, it's, it's tough to do. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person, but it's just like, Hey, look, this is obviously not a good match. There's yeah. no reason for the two of us to continue this relationship. So just don't, don't do business with me anymore. And yep. I'm sorry. No, I, but, yeah. but I also believe customer for those, those people are an exception to the rule, but most people, they are. yeah, the customer service is gone for most places. And it's sad. I mean, it's, it, it is. I'm I mean, still, I'm young enough, but I'm still old enough. I remember as a kid, so I'm 54, I'll be 54 this month. I remember pulling to the gas station with my grandma and my parents, I look at people coming out washing your window and pumping your gas for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know? I remember that. So you're only you're only four you're only four years older than I am. So uh, um, yeah, because I'll turn fifty in May. But yeah, it's I remember those days. I do, um, and you know, it's just it's going. I mean, if you want to see how far customer service has has fallen, go into a go into a large big box store that has um, self checkout. Oh yeah, look, I, at, look at self checkout versus how many registers are open. You know, I went to Walmart the other day. <laughs> I try not to go there unless I have to, but I do shop at Walmart because there's just some deals they have you can't beat anywhere else. I'm sorry. Yeah. But I, I I know. I'm, I'm there, there too. There's 20 checkout lanes and none of them are open. Not a single one was open, but both of their self-check on the both end were doing. And I had eight or 10 items that I needed fairly bad. I almost just set them right down there and walked out without well, getting like, them because I was like, this is annoying. Come on. I had um, I had a problem. Where was I? Was it, I think that was at Home Depot. It was the same thing. You have all the self-checkout lanes. And then the only other lane that was open was the, you know, the pro thing over in the hardware, over yeah. in the hardware side. Lowe's does the exact same thing. Uh, those stores drive me nuts with it. But it's like, okay, I'm coming in and I'm paying cash. Those self-checkouts suck at taking cash payments. Really bad. And it's like, I'm feeding the bill in and spitting it back out, feeding it. But then, then the guy, the you know, the guy that's working the self checkout, he's like rubbing the bill up against the thing to try to straighten out. It's fitting. I'm like, oh, I'll just, I got two, I got two choices here. Either I'm just going to drop the stuff and run, yeah, or I'm going to pick it all up, even though I checked it all out, and then I have to go out and wait into another line. I was like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm appreciative that at least that guy's there, but seriously he can't they can't do anything other than help me feed a bill into a change machine <laughs> you know and, and don't get me wrong though there's times i love self-checkout if i'm I, in a big yeah. hurt and i only got a couple items i love it yeah. i will shoot right through there and be gone but i, but I, I also get with the labor shortage I, everybody's feeling it i understand that yeah so I get it too. Um, I, I, and there's times I, I like self-checkout. I, I'll tell you, Costco is where I love self-checkout because I'm going in. It's it's me and my wife. I mean, how many things in bulk are we going to buy? It's not yeah. much, right? I mean, you know, it's not like we can have five gallons of mayonnaise. Um, but it's like I, I go in, I, need, I get a couple of the things that we do. Um, you know, my wife likes to make her own yogurt. So Costco's great because you can buy the three you know, thing of, of uh, milk. To... So it's like, yeah. you know, I only have a couple of things. Self-checkout's awesome, especially if you're paying with a debit card. Um, yeah. But it's like, if I'm going in there paying with cash, mm, you know, if you can fit into the narrow um, mold of what the self-checkout is, it's perfect. Yeah. It's just so, when, you're, when your self-checkout is backed up beyond belief and they don't open any other tellers, I'm like, come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, give us a little bit of a break here. Now, um, if you want to buy larger quantities, like, you know, we keep on talking, you can buy these smaller bottles. Um, you have, um, you now have like a, like a wholesale option for people who want to stock your products. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, we do. And that's a double-edged sword there for me right now. Cause this, yeah. this aforementioned supply chain issues, we do have a wholesale portal on our website now that you can go on. 
give your document, show that you're a true gun store and a wholesaler, and you'll get wholesale pricing. You know, we'll afford that too, and you can order it right there for your gun store and everything, which we just started recently. That's extremely new. But now with the, the shortages, there's a lead time now involved with that. <laughs> yeah. So that could be a several week lead time now for any big orders. Because I have to make sure I take care of my retail stuff first. Sure. Well, that's and that's online. your bread and butter, right there. You know, so I'd like I want to get to where we can do a lot of wholesale stuff. I would love to. I've done it with the other company and stuff, and it's nice to be able to have that. You know, so, but I'm pushing to get that. I just kind of had to. I haven't really been publicizing and pushing that real hard, even though it's on the website. It's right there. Anybody can see it. It's just that till I get fully stocked up and get this supply chain thing figured out once and for all. Yeah. So, but I try well, not to whine about it because everybody's dealing with the same issues. I'm not, yeah, it's just not it me. It is. Um, you know, so. It is. So what's the future for, for Aegis? What, what, what do you have coming up on the horizon? Just the future, hopefully just a nice steady growth. I mean, we're, we have some, you and I talked a little bit offline. We have some things coming up in the future that we're working on. Stuff we can't talk about just yet, but we are trying to move forward, get better, always produce something. Don't ever rest on your laurels and think that just because you did a great job yesterday, you know, it's like when I was in law enforcement, I was told as a detective, you'll, you'll always, no matter what you did in the past, you're always going to be judged by your next case. Yeah. Not yeah. who cares what you did in the past. Nobody cares. You know, and I feel like I think that's, that's why you need to try to get better and improve yourself. So there's a lot of that going on right now. We're actually looking at a couple new products and stuff that we're kicking the tires on and stuff we're looking at right now. I want to start adding more things to our online store like boar snakes and just other stuff like that. I want to start getting a little more out there, but that takes yeah. money and yeah. I'm I, I'm not in the eager thing right now to go out and get some big business loan. So well, and that's a tough thing is you know, being uh being a small business owner, it's you're 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 um it, it, it's not like you have an unlimited amount of money. I mean, you're financing yourself. Yeah. Uh you're taking all that money that you're bringing in because you know you're you're doing all this business. You know, obviously you're pocketing it. No, it goes back into the business. And, you know, the more orders come in, the more that money just recycles back into the business, the you know, more stuff comes. You know, the lot, last time I collected a paycheck was probably three years ago. <laughs> I haven't collected it, a paycheck in like three years. It, it's, it's funny how that works, isn't it? Um, you know, even, even when I was an FFL, I never collected a paycheck. I had an FFL for 10 years, never collected a paycheck. No, it's just all, all that money went right back into the business. But that's, I wouldn't have it any other way. I the thing is, and I kind of believe this real quick. I know we've been on here for a long time, but a gentleman that I worked in the, for the oil and gas with, I worked for his company. A great guy. I think the world of him. I highly respect him. Learned a lot from him, and he gave me chances to move up to probably into positions that I wasn't qualified to hold. Let's just be honest. But I think I did a fairly good job. But he made a comment to me years ago. We were on a business trip together, and he made a comment about he had owned his own business. He's a multimillionaire now for like 25, 30 years. And he goes, the problem about going in business for yourself, I probably won't say exactly like he did, but was that 
you do it long enough and you become unemployable. Yeah, yeah. And, and now that I've been doing this long enough, I see what he was saying. It would be hard for me to have to go back as a full-time 40, 50 hour a week job and work for somebody else. You know, Not that I couldn't my, do it or wouldn't, but it would be tough. My wife has had her own business for 14 years. And she's at that point. There's no way she could go back to a regular job. You can't. Yeah. But you, he told you just me. Absolutely can't. Yeah, he told me, he goes, if I had to go to work for somebody, he goes, they'd fire me in, what do you say, a day or two? Yeah. Because I'd get fired. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, because my wife's like, you know, when I was, when I was still employed, um, you know, there are certain things I can say. There's certain things, certain ways I have to say things. You know, I have customers I have to deal with. Um, and, you know, my wife likes to call it, you know, I have to be politically correct. She's like, I couldn't do that anymore. There's no way I would live in the business world today because I would flat out tell someone, you know, right out yeah. what I think. See, um, that's kind of the cool thing about being a business for yourself. I mean, it's not what you want to do all the time, but I, I do appreciate, I've gotten the phone calls before, especially with the old company, somebody call and go this, this, that, they're mad about that. And they want to talk to the, the boss. I want to talk to some flunky, get your boss on the phone. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, you're talking to him. Yeah. And they start, and it's like, you know what? Then don't ever come in my store again. Basically, kiss yeah. my ass. I, you don't want to be there, but it's kind of nice to have that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, because I don't think anybody should have to put up with that kind of abuse from a customer. You know, it's just like, no, go away. There is um, um, a company I had worked for was an accounting firm. And uh, we never let, we never did our, our taxes through them. And because we're like, we want to accept, we want that certain separation. And then finally, when we had them do our taxes, I was talking to the accountant that does her taxes. I go, look, I go, I realize I'm the IT guy here and stuff like that, but I do reserve the right to become unprofessional anytime if I don't, <laughs> if there's a problem with, uh, with, with my money. And, yeah. and she's like, I get it. We're good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just, I, I have zero tolerance for treating people like that you see in these restaurants and now especially nowadays you see a lot of it or in the airlines yeah. people get mad because they're not getting treated the way they think they could because people short staff they start yelling and screaming at people i have zero tolerance for that don't there's, do that in a restaurant with me sitting there there there's they're not solving anything right i mean they're short staffed there's a reason why they're short staffed i mean it doesn't matter what industry you're in everybody's short staffed and it's hard to find people to take jobs um, I know the company that I had worked with, we, we had like six open positions a year ago. It took us, I think it took us four months to fill two of them. Yeah. Well, and we would have people no show to interviews. Oh yeah. I hear that a lot for people. They're like, man, I'll, I'll set like 15 interviews and one will show up. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, and I thought originally, you know, I, I, I was like, okay, that's kind of, that kind of sucks. I was, um, I was manning a booth at a, at a conference and the booth was like inside the conference room where they're having all the meetings and they were talking, it was a, it was a banking, um, conference for, for small, uh, credit unions. Yeah. And I heard them talking, there was a whole module of talking about hiring all complaining about the exact same problem we were having in it. It, it, this is not, this is not a single, this is not a single industry thing. Everyone's got the same problem. Oh yeah. But you know, the funny thing about it is I find that when we go 
my wife and I don't go out to eat as much as we used to, but when we do, and you get to a restaurant, everybody's shorthanded, they're working their butts off, and you get a waitress or a waiter that is extremely friendly, they're doing their job. I find I'm tipping a lot more than I ever did. Oh, totally. Because you know, I, I appreciate that I... person is probably, well, let's just say, here's an example. When we went to Tulsa to the Wanamaker Gun Show, we all of us, Ghost and Clover and Buck, and all of us, we all stayed in the same motel, and TJ. It was a La Quinta. When I checked in, I had to wait a long time. The rooms weren't ready, and I understood it. And I talked to the manager there. She actually had two people sitting there waiting to interview for a job. She said they typically have 16 employees. They had five. That's rough. Five employees left. I was like, oh, my God. You're just like, oh, that's just horrible. How do you do it? And those five people are still showing up, showing up to work faithfully every day. And do what I you have, have to do. I had a, a, a conference I made in the booth that, gosh, it was like six months ago. And I went to go check into my hotel room. The line was long. <laughs> I mean, long to check in. Uh, and they're like, it's like one o'clock. And they go, your room might not be ready until about seven. I'm like, oh, wow. And meanwhile, they're trying to check people in and they're training a person at the front desk at the same time while they're trying to get through this backlog of getting people checked in. I'm like, this is, you know, this is, this is a sign of a, of a, of a very interesting economy that we're in. That, oh yeah. And, you know, meanwhile, as I'm walking in and we're hiring, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, this is tough. It just, it, it just makes me even more. I've always, and I can't say always, that would be a lie, but I've always, Thought it was a good idea, but I didn't push it until I became my own business. But shopping small and shopping yeah. small businesses and being nice to I've always been nice to people. I think that's just how you should live your life. But even now, more these days, you know, I I can't push hard enough for people to shop small. Yeah. And nothing I, I, big box retailers, they they offer something that we all need at times. I get that. But if I, I'm a firm believer, if you have a choice between a big box retailer or Bobby or Diane or whatever down the street shop with them you know spend yeah, your money a, with them because they appreciate what? it and i know that from my end every order we get whether it's a ten dollar order a 200 dollar order i appreciate the hell out of every one of them and i know everybody small businessmen that i know they do too they appreciate it there's a so you're in idaho you know super one foods right the food store um i mean it's a chain but it's a regional chain right there's yeah. there's there's no independent grocery stores um no, there's there's one and they're they're really kind of bad, but um it, it, here in Helena. So yeah, you know, sure we could do our food shopping at uh the, I can't really say Home Depot. <laughs> um, we can do our food shopping at, at Walmart. We could get food, but we we go to that super one because you know, and they're short staffed, they're hiring, they got the signs out front, you can make this much and have benefit. It, we know they're short staffed. We get it. But when we're walking through there, we see the manager stocking shelves. Oh, yeah. And it's a small, it's, it's still a small company, even though it's a regional, a regional chain. Um, I know that I could stop, you know, uh, I know this because we've done it. We had a question. We stopped and asked the manager, he will stop what he's doing and talk to me. And he will give me his entire attention while I'm talking to him. And then he'll go back to, doing work yeah every employee in that place will do that i mean that's it's not 
the definition of small business, but that's when you go smaller, that's the attention you get. And I'm very much for going smaller. I, I think you well, should like I said, support the small business. That motel in Tulsa, when we were there, the general manager was cleaning rooms. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay. Yeah, that's, they're, do, they're doing what they got to do to get it. And of course, you know, Tulsa. And I guarantee small, you. It's a small show. I guarantee you, he wasn't happy doing it, but he was cleaning rooms. He, but he got the job done. Yeah, so, so all right, we've been running for an hour and a half. I want to, I want to start wrapping up. But I have this thing called a speed round. That I'm going to give you a choice. I just want to know what your decision is on that choice. So, shotgun or rifle? A uh, rifle. Nine millimeter or three eighty? Oh, nine millimeter. Compact or full-size pistol? My lifestyle now, compact. <laughs> open carry or concealed carry? No, concealed. I've carried open way too much in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you did have a job where it required that. <laughs> um, lever action or bolt action? Oh, lever action. Revolver or semi-auto for everyday carry? Oh, semi-auto. What's your favorite pistol? I'm just going to buy my favorite pistol, the, the ones I own. And <laughs> what's your own? My favorite pistol is what's, probably... What's the one the, you would reach for first? Well, that's different than my favorite. I'm going to just okay. probably reach for my, my um, concealed carry gun, which is a... Okay. Um, Canic um, subcompact. But my favorite pistol is probably, and I got fortunate enough as a bucketist to finally get my hands on one, is my Colt Delta Elite 10 millimeter. Oh, oh so I love that's probably I love my favorite it. pistol. I, I had, love when that I was gun. A, when I was in FFL, I had a customer of mine that moved to Alaska. And of course, they were driving up, so they can't take their guns through Canada. So they had to ship them. So I had to ship them to an FFL up there. Well, he came back to uh, he came back to Helena a few years later, so all those guns came back through, with the exception of one of his guns. It was his his Delta Elite. And I'm like, oh, please, please, please say he can get rid of his Delta Elite. Well, then suddenly, like a few days later, the Delta Elite came by itself. So his Delta Elite was his everyday carry while he was up there, and he was carrying it. All the way to the end before you had to leave, and then and then shift it. I would, I would never, I would never carry my Delta Elite as an everyday carry. And there's a reason that I do that. And I've told a lot of customers this. I have customers that we come in with three thousand dollar Wilson Combats, and they're pretty. That's their everyday carry. And they're bragging about it. And I've always told them, I said, let me tell you a little story here. Let's think about this. You go down to your local convenience store. You're there at the convenience store. Let's say you're out pumping gas. You're doing something and Joe Shithead decides he's going to rob you or he's going to harm somebody. You you feel it's necessary to defend yourself or somebody else. And you pull it out and you put a couple rounds in this, this joker. Okay, what's going to happen now? And let's just say it's raining like hell. It's a severe thunderstorm. What's going to happen to that gun? It's going to be taken as evidence. And then being on that put... side of the law, that gun is not going to be dried off. It's not going to be oiled and lubed. It's going to be thrown oh. in an evidence bag as is 
wet and dirty. Evidence. <laughs> wet and dirty. That gun is going to set in evidence anywhere from a couple months to a couple of years, depending on the outcome of what goes on. There's a good chance that when you get your $3,000 everyday carry back, it's going to be ruined. It's going to be rusted. It's going to be pitted. And there's nothing you can do about it. So I always tell customers, I said, that's great to have that guns. They're nice. They're great show pieces. But carry something a little less expensive, a Glock, a Canic, something for everyday carry. So yeah. when law enforcement takes it for a few years or whatever, because you're involved in a shooting, you're not out a masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, it's like so. for me, for everyday carry, um, uh, I carry it right now as a 365. Now it's getting, um, getting the colder temperatures. I'll start carrying the larger guns and it'll probably go up to my P320. Um, you know, I have my, my, I'm, I'm a sick, I'm a sick snob. So I have my nice, you know, P220. 45. Yeah. I, I just, I'm just not going to carry the only time I actually carry that is um, funny is on vacation because we might be out hiking and I want a 45. Um, but yeah, I, I will carry, uh, I will carry what's an everyday carry gun. Right. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, there's no modifications. It's stock. It's, it, it, it's a good, you know, the, gu the guns I shoot, they shoot gun, uh, you know, shoot good. Just, just carry an everyday carry gun. You don't, you're not trying to make a fashion statement off the gun that you're carrying. No, that's why I carry Canics. I own three of them. I'm, I swear by the guns. They're very reliable, very durable. Got guns. Great triggers. The triggers are probably some of the best right out of the factory, out of the yeah. box there is. And they don't cost a lot. Well, they're starting to get up in price now. They yeah. Don't well, cost a lot, but they're still. So, as much as I love them, if I'm involved in a shooting and they take that gun, it's a sub $400. Most of mine are sub $300 brand new. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's not a loss. Now, if I had my Delta Elite and you took it, I'm a little bit upset now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Or they show up, you still have your gun and they order you to drop your gun. And yeah. there's a lot of things. Can, your gun not getting damage is not high on anybody's priority list no. at that point. No. Nor no. should it but, be. No. No, and that's the whole thing is that I mean, if you are in a shooting, it's going to be taken. It's going to be put in an evidence bag, dirty, wet, whatever the condition it is, it's going to be in there. And if it's wet, well, it's going to be sealed in a plastic bag. That water's not getting out of there. Um, you're, you're, you have no idea what's going to happen to your gun until you either, A, get it back for, you know, the investigation's over and you get your gun back, or B, you see, you see it as evidence in a, in a courtroom. Yeah, you just um, don't know what's going to happen. So I'd much rather hand over to law enforcement because I'm involved in something like that—a three hundred dollar pistol than a two or three thousand dollar pistol. Uh, totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I'm not—I'm not against people who want to carry that. That's great, but I, I'm a practical shooter, um, and to me, that's not a practical everyday carry. You know, I can I I can enjoy the, the craftsmanship of a Kimber. I can. I'll I'll bash them because. I'm a practical shooter. I want that gun to go off every time. You know, I can appreciate the tight tolerances and all that stuff of them. It's a beautiful gun, but for me, it just doesn't make sense as a practical shooter. But hey, well, Rod, if you're give me one, I'll, I'll thank you all day long. Exactly. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll thank you all day long. I'll take it to the range, shoot it. I'll, I'll, 
I'll take pictures of it and post it on Instagram and everything. But yeah, it's just not going to be my everyday carry. No, yeah. So, cool. So, as we wrap up here, how does everybody get a hold of you, Rod? Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram under Aegis Gun Care, um, where we'd like you to go and spend one or two of your very hard-earned dollars. We'll appreciate it. We'll have a good home for it. Um, as at AegisGunCare.com. Um, go there, check out what we got. We got our products. We have some t-shirts, some hats, some cups. We have the standard merch that everybody else does, but we have one advantage over everybody else in the industry when it comes to our merch. It has our logo on it. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going so, to go there. That's not, it's an unfair advantage and we're sorry for everybody else. We do apologize, but it's just how life is. Yeah. Like I used to say, not all and I say this on posts and stuff, not all gun care products, gun lubes are created equal. It's just yeah. a fact of life. They're not. So, um, and I like, I like what you said earlier about it, that some of these companies, they came up with a product and that's the product that is still going in some cases, 60 years later. <laughs> and, but I can't knock them because some of these big companies, I would love to have a very small part of their market share. Yeah. You know, so, they're doing something right and good for them. Yeah. Keep going. Well, so. you see, the more the more people understand that understand your product, the more they're gonna want to go towards it. So yeah, I hope so. You know, we're not the other guy product. That's one last thing I, I get a kick and we have I haven't put the shirt up on our um, website yet, but I've got a shirt that's got our logo on it. Like this one here says it's a future gun cleaning rag. Yeah, I, re I remember become. I remember the night that that became um, a thing. That was on Ghost, Ghost Tactical. That Ghost was Ghost Tactical show. Yeah, yeah. I because I remember I remember that conversation, and then it was like a week later. It was on your website. <laughs> yeah, it was like okay, but I have another one I haven't put up yet, and it's because a lot of times, like I said, we'll go to these gun shows or wherever. I'll be on a podcast, and somebody will say, "But I use whatever, whatever product I've used right. it my whole life." how are you guys compared to them? And they get all serious about it. And so I, I just have fun with it. So now I have a shirt. It's got our logo and then it says hashtag just as good. <laughs> just as good. So. See, I, uh, I see, I, I have a new hashtag for you. I thought about this earlier today. Um, so when I, when I put, well, I'm going to put this out on um, social media, I'm going to use the hashtag dirty, uh, dirty gun owner. Because, Sooner or later, if it, 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 regardless if you're if you're a gun owner, the second you shoot that gun, you're a dirty gun owner. Yes, you are. So uh, there you go. So, yeah. So all of us, all of us, at one time or another, have been a, a dirty gun owner. And oh, I still am. Good, I went out products, a month ago. The last time I shot, and I still have several guns that I haven't cleaned. They're sitting in my safe. So. <laughs> Well, see, your your product is the solution for the dirty gun owner. Yes, it is. So. Hashtag just as good. You know, just so. as good. Yeah, there you go. So, Rod, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. Uh, you know, I know we took up almost two hours of your day, and your orders oh, are cracking right. up. So, I Things appreciate you good, taking some so. time out. No, I love doing these and talking. I love getting the word about our product. I'm passionate about our company and our product. I just We've got a good product. 
That's all there is to it. Do. I mean, it's what it, more can I say? We just have a very good product. It's you not know? that you have a good product. It's that you have an excellent product. Yeah, no, we do. And I, so, but, and I think we have one of the best products on the market, but I should, I own the company. It's our product. There could be the other side. Do you want to do business with somebody when you ask them about their products? Eh, our product's about the 50th best on the market. We're good with that. I know. Hell no. Yeah. Well, so great, Rod. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me. And uh, thanks, everybody, I appreciate it. make sure you guys go out to Aegis Gun Care. Get a kit. Um, They're great. Like I said before, I buddy it up to my, uh, my trauma kit. And take that to the range with me. That way I can protect myself and I can protect my gun. See, there they are. Nice little kit. Got the Molly on nice. it. It's all ready to go. There you go. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. I nope. appreciate the hell out of being on your show. No, I appreciate you having uh, uh, having you on and, and you taking time out to, to join me today. So when you become that dirty gun owner, go to Aegis Gun Care, buy their products, and you'll no longer be that dirty gun owner. If you like the work that I do here, please support me for free by shopping my affiliate links and banners at www.trb.fyi. You can also support me on Patreon or make a direct donation to the channel. Thanks for joining me today. Hope you're staying safe out there. I look forward to talking to you again soon.